Well, that was a much deeper dive into an inside joke than I was expecting. <laughs> we're, we're waiting on people, I assume. So what else do we have to do? <laughs> that is a oh, good point. True. My gosh, what a marathon today was. <clears throat> what happened? Yeah. Um, well, I'll go into it in the show, but suffice to say, I've okay. got episodes in the can for both of my podcasts for a little while. Cool. Yeah. Good to have uh, the can full so you can relax more later. Yeah. Well, yeah. Not that I'm going to like really try and interrupt the recording schedule any, but you know, it'll be nice to have some stuff um, just ready to go. Well, welcome back to another episode of Spam, Spam, Spam Humbug. This is episode 70, and it's a... Oh, well, let's just call it what it is. It's a very special show tonight in not quite the NBC sense of the word, the more you know. But um, before we get into that, got to say some welcomes here. Golden Flame Dragon is uh, joining us again tonight, and this time he won't just be lurking. It's true. I'm actually here today. Although I did appreciate that pause, that just that little extra pause just gave me a... I was scared for a second there. Uh, Boolean Dragon is also here. Hey, everyone. Glad to be here. And uh, sans microphone, but lurking the channel, listening in, is Jelly Bear Dragon. So, hello, Jelly Bear, and uh, hope you enjoy the show. So... As always, of course, this episode of Spam, Spam, Spam Humbug is brought to you by our Patreon backers who, uh, you know, thank you to everyone who supports the podcast and the Ultima Codex by that means. And as always, a big hearty thank you to our co-producers, Seth, Dominic, Chris, Violation, Adam, Avatars Radio, Eric, Thor1, Pascal, Neil, Helgriff, and Aaron. Um, oh, do we have any new Ultima Dragons this week? Well, you know what? That's actually worth a quick look. So over on the correct document and not the one that I just opened there, we do have a few new Ultima Dragons to welcome on Facebook. So we welcome Francois, Stephen, Oliver, Christopher, and Joshua. Welcome and splut to all. Now, bah, you know what? I don't feel like starting just yet. So Golden Flame, what you been up to recently? Um, I, uh, am, am regretting the decision to volunteer to burn a whole bunch of CDs for the Ultima Dragon 25th anniversary party, which is at this point in just two weeks. My gosh. Yes. So it is. What CDs exactly? There was a, uh, a call for people to do their own performances of, or, um, uh, just, um, you know, MIDI remappings to make them interesting uh, for various Ultima songs. And uh, we got quite a number of them. And so we're putting them on a CD for people. Uh, Boolean did contribute a couple. Uh, I did contribute one. And uh, I made the mistake of volunteering to be the one to burn those. So over the next two weeks, I'll just kind of be sitting here sticking... CDs in the drive every couple of minutes. <laughs> How many you got to burn? 
A hundred. Oh, okay. Well, it's, it's doable, but it's definitely not um, the easiest task for sure. Yeah. Well, good luck. Sorry to uh, sorry to contribute to your pain there with my two tracks. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, clearly it's all your fault, Boolean. Mm-hmm. It's always my fault. I'm happy to be the whipping boy or the sin eater who doesn't get paid. There you go. Well, what have you then been up to, whipping boy? <laughs> uh, mostly the same, getting some work done around the house. Uh, like I said a few episodes ago, my wife moved back here, and I thought it was going to yeah. be, fool- foolish me, a painless process to get her apartment full of stuff uh, well integrated back into the home. Not so much. No. So yeah, the garage is full, can't park the cars in the garage, and I'm actually going to have to finish a room, at least mostly finish a room in the basement um, to try to accommodate some of the stuff and provide a working area like an office. So I actually just took a measuring tape and measured the dimensions you know, of, of an entire room in, in the basement, the windows, uh, vertically, horizontally, all that on three axes. Uh, and made sure it fit in with, you know, building code. Because, oh, if it's off an inch, you have to adjust it so it's, you know, visible by right, quarters yeah. of a, a foot or so much. And then I'm actually going to put that in Blender 3D modeling software um, so I can figure out exactly where to place all the dimensional lumber and uh, all the stuff for finishing the walls. So good times. <laughs> well, at least you get to play with Blender again. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's, it's it's fun in a way, and it's also painful in a way. It's like both. It's a little BDSM going on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in Blender. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Blender sadomasochism. Oh, I don't even want to think about that. I let, Let's move on. Yes. So, um, uh, I got to find a, uh, you know, I got to figure out, a, I got to just like crack in Alice in Wonderland, the Disney animated movie. My kids have been watching the heck out of it lately. And there's this wonderful sound clip that I have to isolate and start using because it's, so it's the Mad Hatter and the March Hare. And the March Hare, just in this one scene, it like, you know, the camera just flashes to him and he pulls out, he, well, first off, he like sticks up his finger. He's like, I have an excellent idea. Let's change the subject. And then he pulls out this massive hammer and whacks the Mad Hatter. And I just, I have to isolate that audio because I think that would be exactly right for what we just went through there. <laughs> Anyways, I like it. There you go. <laughs> uh, what Eventually, we'll have an entire soundboard for the uh, for the podcast. I, you know, yeah, I'm meaning to set one up. I just I haven't yet because time. We need the uh, Monty Python, and now for something completely different. <laughs> yeah, that would be another good one to have for sure. So, oh my gosh, what have I been up to? Well, I mean, as always, these weeks um, I've just been packed because, of course, they have been. Um, so I haven't gotten a ton of, I did pre-order Mass Effect Andromeda, did, uh, did throw my money down for that one today. So I'm looking forward to playing that when it comes out. Uh, been playing a couple of different games on my iPhone. I've actually been checking out, um, Fire Emblem Heroes, which just released for, um, the iPhone. And I think it's on Android as well. And been enjoying that because, you know, Nintendo really cracks the code with that one. Like it's a free to play game, but it is like, it is good freemium. It really is. It's, 
it really feels like, you know, if I'm going to spend any money in the game, it's entirely at my leisure. It's entirely optional. There, There's almost no nag to it. There's almost no sense that, oh yeah, I could be doing so much better in this game if I just shelled out. None of that. So kudos to Nintendo. Just on that basis alone, they really actually did a very good job of, of getting that exactly right. I don't know the first thing about Fire Emblem. I mean, obviously I, I have a Nintendo Wii, but you know, I've never played any of the Fire Emblem games. So this is very much just an exploratory thing for me. And it's nice in that respect too, because each of the heroes that appears in the game, there's like this little info card that comes with them. And it's just like, oh yeah, this person appeared in this game and gives you a little bit of their backstory. And it's like, okay, cool. Well, that's all right. Um... So, but yeah, been enjoying that. It's fairly decent sort of tactical-ish RPG type game, I guess, for lack of any better way of describing it. Um, today, oh my gosh, though, today was just a marathon. So I left home and, you know, I actually have to give myself kudos because I hit my step count and I didn't think that I was going to I actually blew past my step count. What am I at right now? 14,000 steps. Okay. Um, I didn't think I was going to hit that though, because I had a ton of podcast recording lined up. So this morning at about 8am, I, uh, hold up at the local community center. Um, there, there, there's two recreation facilities in, in striking distance of where I live. And, um, one of them in particular has like a really excellent Wi-Fi, Uh, and it's, it's, uh, like it's not, open public Wi-Fi. It's provided by one of the major ISPs who I happen to be a customer of uh, here at home. So consequently, I can hop on their Wi-Fi and it's really quite good bandwidth. So I was able to hold an interview with Andrew Owen or um, ZX Dragon, as we also know him, about U3.5 Pax Britannia. Uh, We've actually been meaning to do this interview for a long dang time now, but uh, we finally made it happen. Um, Obviously, I took the day off of work to effect this. And uh, so we had a nice chat, and that will probably be next week's episode. We'll see. Um, Then I had just enough time to get over to the local Scouts Canada office where I sat down with Regan, who is the one of the area support managers for um, for the Scouts Canada Council that my group is a part of. And I did an interview with her about uh, some stuff related to the scouting program and how we deliver it. And then I picked up a Valentine's Day gift for my wife, which I hope she likes. And then I had just enough time to get back to the recreation center that I had previously been at and hole up again in exactly the same spot that I'd been that morning to do another interview uh, again for the scouting podcast, this time with the council commissioner for Chinook Council, which is like the Calgary area, about uh, one of the scout camps that they run, uh, which happens to be like my favorite scout camp. It's beautiful. It's just north of like Waterton National Park, and it's it's an amazing place. So, oh yeah, and then I had to go and pick up a birthday gift for my eldest friend, whose birthday party is tomorrow, and then I had to do the grocery shopping. And that was all by 4 p.m. So go me. That sounds like the most productive day ever, pretty much. It pretty much feels like the most productive day I've had in a long darn time. Um, and, you know, like I was alluding to before we started recording, um, 
like, it's nice to just have podcasts in the can. I mean, obviously this is going to be the next spam, spam, spam humbug episode that gets published, but then it's nice that, you know, now I have a one episode buffer, right? So I can publish the interview with ZX, but we can still do a recording next week. And I can, you know, then it's like, okay, well then, you know, like I still have that buffer, right? It's like, okay, well I'm good for another week and another week. And then if I happen to miss something somewhere, well then great, good. I might still have an episode in the pocket and that's good. And the scouting thing now I'm like, I'm plus two for the scouting thing. So that's great. And I'm probably going to be recording another one on Sunday. So, um, it's a good position to be in. It really is. And I'm really, really happy that, you know, just by virtue of the gear that I have actually purchased for recording, um, it's all intensely portable. Like, I mean, I had one extra bag with me above and beyond what I would usually carry out on a work day. And it was, uh, you know, just full of recording gear, the microphones and the mixing board and blah, blah, blah. So yeah, I, uh, productive day and a really good test of just how portable all my tech has become, which fact I am very happy about. So that's, need- that's pretty great. I'm uh, really looking forward to your interview with ZX. I'm just uh, disappointed that I uh, didn't get to be a part of that live. Uh, yeah. He, he well. and I do kibitz a fair amount about each, our respective projects. So uh, I'm looking forward to hearing what uh, what you ask him and what he has to say about it. Yeah, it was a pretty good chat, actually. Um, yeah, I look forward to publishing that, actually. It was a really good chat. So... I think what characterized my day more than anything else was um, English accents because, well, obviously ZX, British, um, but then also the uh, the gentleman that I was interviewing this afternoon um, was, uh, you know, he had immigrated to Canada from Britain. So yes, English accents to start and end all the recordings today. Anyways, so what are we talking about tonight? Well, <laughs> as... The listener base and, you know, all present will hopefully recall every January for the last few years, I was this year five. I think this is year five. Um, I hold a little vote at the Ultima Codex and I can't really take credit for the idea. In fact, I pretty much stole it wholesale from the wing commander CICWCnews.com. Um, and they do much the same thing at the start of the year. They basically look at, because there are wing commander fan projects as well. Some really, really cool ones actually. Um, so every year at the start of the year, more or less, the wing commander CIC, WC News, um, holds, a, you know, community poll to choose the project of the year for the, the now previous year. And I thought, Hey, that's a really good idea. I'm totally stealing that idea. So I did. And this is, I guess now the fifth year that I've been doing this, which, wow. Um, now last year we had some controversy Uh, which, you know, I mean, because, you know, like end of the day, I mean, the polling system I have installed on the codex works, but it is susceptible to, you know, certain forms of like, I mean, and I do try and put some stuff in place to, you know, circumvent the most obvious forms of cheating, but I mean, it's still susceptible. And so we did have some, let's call it gaming of the vote last year, which resulted in a decision that in retrospect, uh, contributed a certain quantity of egg to my face uh, several months later. Because, of course, the winner last year was Ultima 9 Redemption, which project has since been entirely cancelled. Uh, <laughs> somewhat embarrassing. But 
this year, we decided to take it in a bit of a different direction. And actually, ZX Dragon was uh, one of the people who really helped formulate the idea for how this would go. So we still held the vote, and the vote carries a significant amount of weight to it. But the vote is not the be-all and end-all. So the way it worked, and you'll recall we discussed this a few episodes ago, hopefully, um, the vote, you know, was carried out and it concluded at the end of January and the top three projects were awarded a number of points. The first place project was awarded nine points. The second place project was awarded six points. The third place project was awarded three points. And the top three projects were the Ultimate Dragons 25th Anniversary Bash, so nine points to them, Dungeons of Chaos. Uh, we had Volker Elsner, the developer thereof, on a podcast episode probably about half of our episodes ago. Uh, so six points for Dungeons of Chaos. And then Golden Flame, your own project, The Dark Unknown, came in third place, squeaking by Corvin, the replacement for Ultima Nine Redemption. Um, I think it was a one vote difference at the end. Um, but so three it, points to it you. Was. Slashing Dragon likes to think that he was the one who contributed that vote. <laughs> well, you know what? We will go with that. We will we will totally go with that because Santiago is a is a excellent guy, and I would happily appoint him that credit. So, um, hang on, I just want to actually make sure that I have a couple of things pulled up because I should really make sure that I do. Uh, pardon the mouse clicks. Because, yes, I would like to... Oh, you know what? Good. I'll save that file. And then, likewise, I need to go back to my conversation history with none other than ZX. Because ZX was also one of our judges. And that is, I think, more the point that I really want to hammer home here. Is because rather than just having the poll, we also appointed a series of judges. Um, And, I mean, this was basically all volunteer so, you know, it was like, well, if people wanted to put their, their name in the hat, then great, good. And I had thought maybe that we'd get to the point where we'd have to, you know, have the community vote on who the judges would be. But as it turned out, we didn't actually even have enough. Uh, I'd hoped to have eight judges and we ended up with one, two, three, four, five, six. So, you know, there was no need to even have a vote. It was very gracious of certain individuals to step forward and cast their votes. Boolean, you were one of these. And, um, yeah, so basically the judges would similarly get to cast, would get to pick three projects. Their first place project would get three points. Second place would get two. First place would get one. So, you know, it still put most of the weight on the fan project poll, but with a sufficient quantity of judges, it would, you know, entirely be possible, if not particularly likely, that whatever came out on top of the fan project poll might not actually wind up capturing first place overall. Um, And then, of course, you know, so like I say, this was all in response to a lot of controversy from last year, which, um, okay, fine. Like, I mean, (laughs) but then I seem to have generated some new controversy this year because, of course, there was the inclusion of, well, A, the 25th anniversary bash, and then B, also the the hearth of Britannia on the poll, which were kind of new things because like previous years, most of the fan project polls have basically been, um, software, right? So, you know, people developing basically games that either homage Ultima or remake Ultima or what have you, right? Well, this year, obviously we had a couple of entries, Hearth and the Bash, um, which were not that, you know, the Hearth, um, 
Oh, the, the ultimate goal of the hearth is really to produce an ultimate themed cookbook, right? Like that was sort of what it was initially founded for. And Rustic Dragon's efforts in the community above and beyond that have been the Dragon's Meat, which he has now resumed. And then also the Hobloths, right? Which of which there have been three and a fourth is now being planned. So, you know, in this case, it was very much, and I mean, the argument was made and I did agree with this argument because obviously I did put this on, you know, I did include Hearth on the poll, but the argument was made, uh, and, and the same argument was made on, in the case, um, or sorry, in favor of both the Bash and Hearth, uh, was that, you know, sure, they're not bits of software being developed, but they do represent very significant undertakings by Ultima fans. They are very much projects in their own right. Um, and you know, so why aren't they being included in the poll? And it's like, well, okay, yeah, sure. So I'll throw them on there and see what happens. Now, equally, I can respect the opposite argument that previously we really have just targeted the, the games that people have been making. Um, but you know what? It, it actually, (laughs) it just happened to be the case that, uh, a lot of people were very happy to see these projects listed. And so we, uh, we went with it. And, uh, yeah, consequently that had some, some very interesting outcomes, shall we say in the, uh, in the vote. So, yeah. And quickly, I'd like to add also, uh, the ultimate dragons 25th anniversary bash, uh, actually isn't occurring until 2017 this year, despite there was a ton of information over released about it previously as far as, you know, everything that had gone into it and the work and the planning in 2016. Yeah, totally. But well, then again, sure. But it's not like Redemption was coming out in, you know, it came out the year that it won either of the two times it won or mm-hmm. basically nearly anything that has won so far. Yeah. It's not like, I mean, not to, not to sound like I'm picking on you, but you know, I, the dark unknown may not see a release in 2017 either. Right. You know, we're not, the poll was never about stuff that gets released. The poll was always about stuff that was worked on. And I've always made that very clear in, in the verbiage of the vote. If a project saw any kind of action during the year, it was there. Um, yeah. And then there's, all, there's, there's also the fact to, to support your points, um, ironically, that uh, statistically, the vast majority of fan projects, even those that receive a huge amount of work over a long period of time, ultimately don't get released at all. Well, uh, not as a f- finished product. So they're labors of love. You know, no, nobody's getting paid typically to do this. Right. And that's another thing too, right? I mean, Exalt has kind of been perennially on the list. Um, <laughs> and I mean, you could argue that Exalt is basically, well, I mean, it has been released and it's in a very stable and mature state. And really what's happening now is, you know, maintenance and bug fixes, but still like it's on the, on the list every year. Um, Nuvi, another example of the same, although Nuvi is a little bit different than that because Nuvi is still, you know, there's a lot of new features being added to it. Obviously, as support for Martian Dreams and Savage Empire is grown out. Um, but I mean, like, if you look at it as purely an Ultima 6 engine, it's basically done, uh, apart from just some, you know, minor tweaks and whatnot. But anyways, um, it's been on the list for many, many years. One, at least once. So, <sighs> so just to review, top three from the actual poll up on the Ultima Codex. Coming in at number one, Ultima Dragon's 25th Anniversary Bash, number two, Dungeons of Chaos, and number three, The Dark Unknown. So, the the first of the judges, um, Dan Keitel, I am terrible with names, um, 
he contributed a bunch of votes and he actually sent, I mean, he had a lot of really interesting thoughts on, on many of the different projects, but I'm going to focus on the three that he ultimately ended up voting for. Um, he cast votes, his first vote, well, you know, his third place vote, let's go with that. His third place vote went to Tales from Caesarea. Now, Tales from Caesarea is a series of web comics, um, that I believe are retelling the story of Ultima One. And they're, they're written by, uh, so you can check them out at comicbook.fr. And I mean, like, they're, they're written in English, but they're written by someone whose first language is very obviously French. So, um, you know, you're not necessarily going to expect like a Marvel or a DC level of narrative, but at the same time, um, really nice. And, and, you know, Dan praised it thusly. He's like a really nice webcomic effort in an authentic feeling style with pretty good art. Um, <laughs> if anything, there's a few minor glitches in how the website is put together, but that's neither here nor there. So he cast his third place vote for Tales from Caesarea. His second place vote went to Nuvi, which we just mentioned, um, which, I mean, like it's Exalt for U6 and related titles, as best as I can tell. That's, uh, you know, that's what, again, Dan contributed here. As such, he says, a noble goal. And I couldn't agree more. I'm quite a big fan of Nuvi myself, so that put a couple points on the board for Nuvi. His first place vote went to, not perhaps surprisingly, the Ultima Dragons 25th Anniversary Bash. Perfection manifest, he said. Excellent candidate for the winner. Now, Boolean, did you want to read out your own votes or do you want me to? Uh, yeah, certainly. Uh, certainly. Um, I guess we can, uh, following your example, um, start with third and work our way up to first. Sure, sure. Um, this is actually a little bit tough. At first I was thinking, okay, this is going to be obvious. And then I'm looking through the projects and, and, uh, it got, you know, the more, the more I looked at it, the more I realized it wasn't going to be easy. Um, first of all, there's a lot of great projects. It's, it's difficult. It's difficult to pick three, you know, period in any order. Um, so it took a little more thinking, uh, actually than I anticipated. Um, so my third place vote, uh, was actually, uh, the hearth of Britannia. Um, for, for multiple reasons, I know this is just for 2016, but, um, you know, rustic, rustic dragon, you know, arguably is the most influential dragon on the Ultic community, uh, right now and has been for some time, uh, you know, between starting the dragons meets and, uh, raising a lot of money for, uh, for a portalarium for a shroud of the avatar, um, to conducting the, uh, Hobloth events which, as uh, Kenneth has mentioned already, um, he's already had three of them. The third one was in 2016, of course, and uh, the fourth one will be in 2017. Um, you know, and he's really sure there's been some controversy, but, uh, you know, he's, he's been a pillar of the community, and it would be radically different, I think, without him. And on top of that, I also think, even though it's certainly a point of controversy to include, uh, you know, actual physical events, gatherings, and such, as opposed to just uh, software, you know, or some tangible game, like a board game or whatever. But the, the fact that the Ultimate Dragons have remained such a strong community uh, for so long, and as, as far as we can tell, even now, is actually increasing in size and increasing in popularity. Uh, that's, that's incredible to me. And I think 
it's important to not let something that good and that that rare uh, weaken and potentially fall apart as eventually all things in life do. Uh, so the physical events, I think, connect people. And sadly, I've not been able to go to any. Um, but uh, well, nor but, I. You know, yeah, but so, but uh, events like that they connect people in a way that games don't. You know, it, it strengthens the community, it solidifies the community, and by proxy strengthens uh, the software and the concept. You know, of Ultima as a game, of the virtues as a philosophy. Um, so I think it's it's extremely important to actually include physical events. And that's another reason uh, that I voted for the Hearth of Britannia uh, for 2016. Um, in second place, I voted for the Dark Unknown. And again, this is difficult because this is a software project, and most of the fan projects are. And there's just too many good ones to choose from. I mean, you know, the Underworld exporter, you know, Ultima Underworld does not get enough love. So, you know, I'm torn. You know, I, I really wanted to include that. That's why I'm shouting out here. Uh, but the Dark Unknown of all the projects, I think from my conversations with Golden Flame and what I've seen about the game, I, I think it's more accurately than any of the fan projects that aren't, you know, engine recreations like Exult and Nubi uh, captures uh, the spirit of the game, particularly centered around Ultima V. Um, I think he totally gets it. Uh, he's doing some things different, but but not too different. And a lot of projects, uh, my own included, uh, tend to do that. It's easy to stray away from like the core principles of what define Ultima as a game and as an experience and as all the things that have kept it alive, you know, in our hearts over all this time and into the future. And I also think based on my conversations with him and the progress I've seen so far, uh, that not only has a ton of work been done on it, but it actually stands a really good chance of not only being finished, but actually shaping up to be an excellent game. So I'm probably more excited about uh, the Dark Unknown as as far as an Ultima game, you know, fan fan uh, game, uh, than any other uh, projects currently in the works. Um, so the Dark Unknown. Oh, thank you. Oh, you're you're welcome. Well, thank you. I mean, you know, it's like you're, you're the one slaving away at the keyboard there. Um, so thank you. But um, and then for the number one surprise, surprise, the Ultima Dragons 25th anniversary bash. Um, I actually backed that on Kickstarter, so I was privy to all the, uh, the updates and all the work that's gone on it so far. And I'll tell you what, I do not envy in a way I do, but I really, I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I do not envy Cran Galara uh, because she is doing an incredible, an incredible job organizing this thing, and she's not doing it alone. Uh, she has a ton of people uh, helping her. Um, you know, but between the logistics and, you know, all the different events that are going to be there and all the people that are going to be speaking there, all the people, you know, from origin back in the day, it's, it's just an incredible amount of work and, uh, it's going to be just beyond, beyond awesome. And so very much for the same reason I voted for the Hearth of Britannia. I also voted uh, for the Ultimate Dragons 25th anniversary bash. And I think it's important that events like this not, uh, just continue to be done, and the more the merrier, and also continue to grow in size and scope, um, so long as they actually preserve the spirit of what Ultima is all about, you know, and don't just turn into some general admittance, you know, event where people don't, you know, don't know their ass from Ultima. Um, so she, I think she's done, and, and Rustic Dragon have done an incredible job at, at doing just that. Yeah, well, there you go. Um, 
can't really dispute you on any point there because you know you you are right. Like they're all, um, you know, what Rustic has done has been genuinely genuinely impressive. Um, you can't you can't dispute me on any point. I'm going to write down today's date and I'm going to have it et- etched into some sort of plaque and uh, hang it on my wall because that is a first and probably a last. So thank yeah, you. well, you know, you should, you should hang it hang it over one of your doors. There we go. Oh, I think I just heard a join ping. Hang on, is someone there? Ah, oh, hey, good idea. You Hello. you made it in. Hi, how you doing? I was taking a nap. Ah, well, that's all right. You're working weird hours, so totally understandable. Totally understandable. Um, we're just in the middle of, of the, uh, the voting process. So just to get you caught up and for those listening at home, you can make sure your scorecard's up to date. Um, where are we at? Right. So from the fan project poll, top three projects, the ultimate dragon's 25th anniversary bash dungeons of chaos and the dark unknown in that order first, second, and third. Then we have, we've had two of our six judges cast their votes so far. So Dan Keitel, uh, voted the bash for first place, Nuvi for second place and tales from Cesaria, the web comic for third place. And then, uh, Boolean here just finished outlining his thinking. Um, he similarly put the bash at first place, uh, second place to the dark unknown and third place to hearth of Britannia. So that is where things stand at the moment. And I was just about to actually go into what ZX Dragon was saying. Um, but I am really glad you're here, Gradia, because the other news section, I, I totally want to hear your thoughts on this. And Kevin, yours too, I think. But, you know, we'll get to that in a bit. So, uh, talking with ZX Dragon. ZX Dragon was another of the judges. In many respects, he was kind of the guy who came up with the idea for the, the judging thing. And then some other people chipped in ideas in terms of how... Um, exactly, you know, how we might go about having a, you know, the appointment of judges and whatever else, but (coughs) excuse me, he cast his votes a little while ago. And, um, for third place, he went with lawless legends and ancient legends. Um, and his reason for this was that, you know, I mean, they actually, in the form of, um, ancient legends delivered a complete mini game for the Apple II, which is, you know, is fantastic. And and really it is. Um, so this was, there seems to be this real trend now of, you know, building to retro systems. I mean, ZX is doing it himself. He's building a game for the spectrum. Um, we've had a couple of games emerge, uh, building for, um, the Commodore and, you know, now also, uh, the ancient legends and lawless legends, which are being built for the Apple II. So I don't know what this thing is, but we have this weird trend of, you know, people building for, um, really ancient systems, but yeah, I mean, I, I suppose it, and, and actually this old, uh, ZX speaks to this a lot in the interview that we did. So this, if this comes out next week, you can kind of hear him talk about it, but I guess in some ways there is sort of that additional layer of challenge because you are now trying to work with the very limited resources of the hardware. So, and, and figure out ways to, uh, not so much circumvent it, but, you know, to do as much as you can within it and look like you're doing more than you should be able to. So anyways, that was his third place vote, Ancient Legends, Lawless Legends. Uh, his second place vote went to The Hearth because, and I'm quoting him here, it embodies the spirit that led to the creation of Ultima in the first place. And for the first place vote, well, you're going to be happy, Golden Flame, because he gave that to you. Um, well, I appreciate yeah, there you go. So, uh, 
And I mean, I, I think, you know, his, he was, he was actually pulling for you to win last year. And, uh, you know, was a little bit heartbroken when, when you didn't, but, uh, but I, I think he was quite happy to cast his vote in your favor. Um, just because, yeah, it was, uh, well, I, as you alluded to, like you and him have, have corresponded a fair bit. And so, you know, obviously he, he thinks quite highly of your project. Um, so there you go. Get some support there. Moving on. Uh, Helgriff Dragon was another of our judges. And let's see, where did he go? So for third place, actually, Golden Flame, another point to you. <laughs> so uh, he cast his third place, vote, third place vote for the Dark Unknown. You're racking him up, buddy. Yeah, up. yeah, it's not bad. And and you know what? I mean, like, I think by this point, the winner is clear, but we'll go through the rest. And um, I will explain, you know, first place was basically no contest, but the second place results get interesting and the third place results more so. So, um, so where were we? Right. Helgriff. So Helgriff for third place, dark unknown. Second place, he put his vote towards exalt, which I mean, you know what? That's, that's an old faithful, you know, they're, they're an old standby. Uh, that project's got a long and wonderful history to it. Um, and like as not is still being worked on. And his first place vote went to the bash. Like I say, you can probably see who's going to come out on top of this pile. Um, I'm still, I'm still not sure. <laughs> <laughs> let's keep going. Yes, let's keep going. Um, Just in case. So next we had uh, Dominus from from the Exalt team, actually. And let's see, who did he vote for? Well, his third place vote went to the Ultima Six remake for Exalt. So this is not Exalt in and of itself. He didn't vote for his own project, but this is an attempt to remake Ultima 6 inside um, the Ultima 7 engine using Exalt and Exalt Studio. It's uh, It's been kind of an on-again, off-again thing, but they did see, they saw, I think, more behind-the-scenes work this year. They didn't really publicize a lot of it, but the project is still being worked on. And so, you know, there, uh, a point for them. Uh, his second-place vote went to Ananias, uh, you know, Santiago's project, Slashing Dragon's project. Um, again, you know, very, very worthy, worthy entry on the list for sure. Um, I've been beta testing the, uh, the iOS version of the game. I'm looking forward to when that actually hits release. And his first place boat went to the hearth. Um, so, and I think if I'm not mistaken though, I, I mean, I think if he can be accused of bias anywhere, I think it's here because if I recall correctly, he proposed to his now wife at the, uh, at the last Hobloth. He did in fact do this thing. Yes. So, I mean, I can definitely see where his affection for, for, uh, for Rustic's many efforts, uh, at least partly rests. And I don't fault him at all for that. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, I would, I wouldn't. I mean, I, I haven't been to a Hobloth and I still voted, voted for Rustic. So. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> all right. And so our last judge, our celebrity judge, that's right. I actually did get in touch with Richard Garriott and he was willing, he was, he was gracious enough to cast his three votes in this particular contest. Um, perhaps not surprisingly, he did give a nod to the hearth of Britannia. That was his third place vote. His second place vote surprised me, uh, was Corvin. So this is of course the replacement project for Ultima Nine Redemption. And his first place vote went to, of course, the bash. 
So, um, and you know, it was really, really funny too, because he's just like, oh yeah, sure. I'd love to vote. Uh, send me a list of like where I can read up on all the projects. And I did, I bounced him a link to, you know, the, the vote, which has the link to all the different, the links to all the different projects. And I, it didn't take him all that long to get back to me after I did that. So, um, <laughs> I think once he saw the list, he's just like, ah, yes, yes. And Yes. Like I say, the only one on this list that really surprises me, because I mean, obviously Rustic and the Hearth have been, um, very closely involved with him, Rustic even working at Portalarium for a while, and then obviously making use of the Castleton property to host, um, Hobloth events. Likewise, not surprised at all that he would give top, top, uh, prize to the Bash, because let's face it, I mean, the Ultima Dragons are in essence the fan club for his most significant body of work. Um, Corvin, like I say, was the only one that surprised me, but then, you know, and I mean, at the same time, like he, he definitely does like the, cause he's, I think in a lot of ways, Corvin probably plays to, you know, um, a lot of the same things that he's trying to do with shroud, right. Where he's trying to take a lot of the classic systems and experiences from old Ultima but then present that to the world using a modern engine and, you know, much better graphics. So, you know, I, I, I can see how, uh, maybe he kind of is, it would be a fan of the, the philosophy that the, the Titans of Ether are taking in their approach to, to Corvin. So anyways. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can agree with that. I mean, R- Richard Garriott, despite the fact that the majority of Ultima Dragons, you know, going through his games in the past, were kind of like backward looking, like, oh, we missed the good old days of, you know, 16-color EGA. Richard Garriott, even as he was making those games, you know, he was looking for the future. He was pushing these things as far into the future as he could, and that's what he's still doing. So I, I think he certainly, you know, respects Corvin for the choice of engine and the graphical fidelity mm-hmm. and that they're, they're trying to take these timeless concepts of game design, but instead of being nostalgic about it and go retro, he's actually trying to push it, you know, into the future, into the modernity or whatever yeah well i I might consider going into the future if i had a 3d artist (laughs) yeah Yeah. not not easy to do (laughs) well and it's worth remembering too that like you said bullion like the ultimas were very much in this vein right uh we can all remember struggling to get ultima 7 to run on our pcs but you know like even for its time ultima 5 ultima 6 like these were we can look back at like an Ultima five now and say, Oh yeah, it's tile based graphics, how anachronistic. But at the time, like, you know, that was, that was top tier. Like that was, that was envelope pushing in terms of what was, you know, what the technology of the day could really do. So yeah, I mean, I can definitely see where his, um, support for a project that's trying to, you know, create a game that, hits a lot of those Ultima touchstones, but does it using Unreal Engine 4 and some admittedly very gorgeous looking uh, assets. Um, I can see where he might be attracted to a project like that. So we've heard from all the judges. We've heard from the fan poll itself. It will not, I hope, surprise anyone to see that the Ultima Dragons Anniversary Bash has come out of this with 21 points. Uh, a very easy win for first place. Congratulations, Cran, and to everyone who's helped you. Yes, absolutely. Cran and Unicorn and gosh, all the rest of the team, like 
congratulations. You've done an amazing, amazing job. Uh, pulling this all together in a couple of weeks, we will see how, you know, see the fruits of your labors. Um, awesome. Just awesome. On the, on the behalf of the team, because I am one of them. Yes, you can uh, hopefully speak on their behalf. We, uh, are pretty confident that it is going to be a super fun weekend. I'll just say that. Sweet deal. I like to hear that. Now, some congratulations to you too, Golden Flame, because you know what? You came out in second place. Two years running, number two. Yes. I'm put that on my box. Uh, number, number, number two is the first to lose, but congratulations, man. You deserve it. And this is Thank interesting, you. right? Because like you'll recall from the poll, um, Dungeons of Chaos came out in second place in the poll, but then, you know, you kind of just crept up there. You got some extra votes coming in, some support from, from some of our judges, and that pushed you into a solid uh, second place. Admittedly, at nine points, which, you know, like I say, I mean, 21 points, <laughs> there's nobody even close to the bash, but good job. And then, perhaps even more surprisingly, Hearth of Britannia, which didn't even finish in fourth place in the poll, came in third place with, uh, with seven so yeah, don't don't call it a comeback. He's been here for years. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but it just uh, to me that was interesting, and this is kind of what I was hoping to see a little bit by including the judges. Is that you know we took the poll, and I mean the clear favorite from the poll is the clear favorite here, and that's no surprise. Um, but then it was interesting to see what happened a little bit below that. So you know in the second and third place space, and there was you know there was some inversion and upset, and in the case of the vote here. Uh, you know, someone ended up in third place who didn't, uh, <laughs> just on the basis of the on-site poll, wasn't in third place. So surprising all the way through. Um, yeah, I'm about to have some PTSD flashbacks to the election a few months ago. <laughs> yeah, but the popular vote. Well, in this case, the popular vote says 25th anniversary bash. I'm not going to argue. So yes, congratulations to, to everyone. And now I have to figure out how to get, I don't think I'm going to be able to get you prizes before the bash, but I will try not to completely drop the ball like I did last year. So, well, that was really the main topic here was, you know, the, the, the poll results. And I mean, awesome, awesome to see how it turned out. Uh, yeah, and, congr- and con- congratulations to everyone who had any kind of project, because as somebody who's had a couple of projects, both of which are on a back burner right now, but but still ultimately in the mix to be uh, finished, it's not easy. It no. is not easy. You almost have to be crazy uh, to do something like this. So congratulations to everyone. Good job. Definitely. I did have one other piece of little news. Um, which I'm glad you're here and I'm glad Gradia is here because a Castlevania animated series is coming to Netflix this year. Yeah. Just rip that. Dude, is it uh, Japanese or American or where is it coming from? What studio? American, I think. Yeah. The story may be based on that of Castlevania 3 and it may feature Warren Ellis as a writer. Dude. Uh, what I what I read is the the tone was uh, ultra violent. Something yes, like I that. believe the phrase "R rated as F" uh, got okay. N- about. Now, now, now I'm happy. Now I don't care what studio it came from. Excellent. 
Unless unless nobody ever whips a candle. If nobody whips a candle in the entire series, then I will be pissed. Well, we'll just have to wait and see. But evidently it's slated for release later this year. So presumably it's actually already in development. Um, and they're just being a little bit coy about who's involved and what have you. But uh, yeah, I thought, because I, th- I know we've talked about the Castlevania games before. And uh, so I definitely wanted to hear how you two in particular would react to that. So, you know, Castlevania 3 was a good choice because it allowed you to play as multiple characters, uh, including Alucard, uh, who is the protagonist from Symphony of the Night, uh, which is people fairly universally agree is like the best Castlevania game ever made. And it'll probably be the best one that will ever be made. Um, but, but yeah, the third one's an interesting choice. It was actually for the Nintendo. It was the last one made for the, the NES, the regular Nintendo. Well, and I imagine then they might have gone with that because, you know, it did give them a broader cast of characters then, sounds like, to to work with, right? Because, I mean, you know, if you're trying to put together um, more or less any kind of story, really, um, you know, you don't just want it to be like, well, this one guy. And he just goes on a killing spree. So, and also there's a, there's a romance there. The character uh, Trevor Belmont and Sifa Belnades. Ah, well, you got to have those these days. Yeah, they they are the parents of Simon Belmont from the first game, if I recall correctly. Ah, fair enough. Well, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, and it needs it because also the, the plot of Castlevania games, the earlier ones in general, was very minimalistic. It was literally every 100 years, Dracula rises from the grave, his castle rises out of the ground, and he sends out his evil minions to take over the world. And a member of the Belmont clan, you know, has some special gifts or what have you. It has to, one of them, whoever's alive at the time for that generation, uh, has to navigate through Dracula's castle and put Dracula back in the ground. So, you know, for an action movie, I guess that's fine, but I don't know, for a modern television, you know, Netflix-style series, that sort of plot's probably not going to cut it. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I guess we'll wait and see, right? But, I mean, it sounds like they're really trying to do a number on this one. So some of the yeah, other articles fun. I saw where they're just like, no, this is going to be like the video game adaptation by which all of the video game adaptations are judged. It's just like, oh, that's kind of a yeah, big claim. Yeah, I hope I hope so. But at the, at the same time, it doesn't take much. I mean, anybody who's a fan of video game movies, well, you're the only one. Uh, they're generally <laughs> not very good. <laughs> well, I mean, so, they, they certainly couldn't do worse than Yui Bowl. But on the other hand, there have been, what now, seven Resident Evil movies? Maybe more? Or no, there's seven Resident Evil games. How many movies have there been? There have been a lot of movies. Maybe four? I don't four? Know. Five? I don't know. Something like that. There's a number of them at any rate. Too many. Yeah. And I think they're working on a new Tomb Raider movie. Yes, they are. They're working on a new Tomb Raider movie, I think. Starring... New actress. Alicia Vikander, whatever her name is. Anyways. Yeah, no, they're working on... Yeah, new actress, new new Tomb Raider movie, probably a reboot. (sighs) Everything's getting rebooted these days. Even my computer's asking to be rebooted now. Like, what the hell? Come on. (sighs) Stop using Windows. <laughs> Are you kidding? Do you know how many times I've had to reboot the Linux boxes at work? Granted, I've been setting up security again, but that's neither here nor there. You're holding it wrong. <laughs> um, at my job, usually the Linux boxes never reboot. They have some that have been uh, 50, 100, 
1500 days up. Yeah, you have to install case splice so kernel updates don't require a reboot. Ah, fair enough, yeah. No, we were, we were setting up a uh, security monitoring yeah, farm. And those, so. those that don't re- those that get rebooted never come back. <laughs> well, there's that too. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I've seen servers like that too just in Oh gosh, so many places where it's just like, we could reboot this, but I have no idea if it's coming back. <laughs> yeah, dude, that, that is a common fear in IT departments on any operating system when it comes to servers. <laughs> yeah, that one's really platform independent. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I've seen it happen too, where it's just like, well, that one didn't turn on again. Okay. That's always the RAID array. <laughs> yeah, something. Yeah, well, sometimes it's the RAID array. Um, I've seen cases where it's been the processor has like just literally corroded (laughs) then again i mean like i mean you know i got you got to understand like i went through like my a lot of my summer student positions i was working in natural gas plants and i mean there's lots of atmospheric scrubbing that goes on you know to make sure that the air is not contaminated that the operators are breathing but still like you know 20 plus years running in a dry server room in a facility that produces sour gas. Like I can remember pulling, I can remember trying to pull a cable snake down from the ceiling and just the cables, the plastic sheathing, the copper inside, just crumbling in my hands. And, you know, like then pulling like a processor out of a server. And it's just like, yeah, some of these pins aren't there anymore. They're just like dust now. (laughs) So. And how, how old were these systems? Are they like from the 1960s or something? Uh, well, there were a couple of PDP 1184s that were produced roughly the same year I was, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, those actually, those were fun. I, I enjoyed those computers so, so much, especially when you had to like swap the, uh, the disc platters and the hard drives. Oh man. Ah, memories. All right. Well, if you like spam, 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 humbug, you can of course support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Ultima Codex. And that's actually also how you can support the Ultima Codex itself. But if a monthly subscription is not your thing, then we would encourage you because, you know, you're listening to this podcast. So probably video games are kind of a thing that you enjoy. I, I mean, I would hope. Um, and if you do enjoy video games, we would encourage you to buy them at GOG because we're an affiliate thereof. And, you know, between these two, um, this really helps um, offset the costs of, well, podcast hosting and server hosting and all the rest of that stuff. Um, We do also welcome your moral support, though. You can like Ultima on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Ultima series. And you can follow at Ultima Codex on Twitter. Now, if you want to join the Ultima community, well, you know what? I mean, we're a pretty welcoming group. You can just start hanging out and we're perfectly fine with that. But if you actually want to get your own dragon name, you want to register your own dragon name and get on the grand roster, udic.org is your gateway to doing so. You're also more than welcome to join the Ultima Dragons on Facebook or on Google+. There are groups on both. You can follow at Ultima Dragons on Twitter for your daily Cinnabon jokes and what else have you. Um, There is a completely not used Slack channel and a much more active Discord server that uh, many Ultima Dragons frequent, at least in the latter case. And if you really want to go old school, there's the Wearmount. Because you know what? The Dragons are kind of an anachronistic group, and they like hanging out, uh, or they like, you know, as Kevin alluded to, they really kind of like that older school feel. The Wearmount is about as old school as it gets. It's, you'll need to tell that client to access it. Let's just leave it at that. Finally, if you want to 
get in touch with us, um, you can send us an email, ultimacodex at gmail.com. You can join us on our own Discord server. There'll be links to everything I've talked about here in the show notes. Or if you want, you can leave us a voice message. Just go to podcast.ultimacodex.com. Look for the leave us a message link in the sidebar, and you'll be able to record up to 90 seconds of audio right in your browser window, and we'll work that into a future episode. All right. Well, um, Boolean, where can we find you online? Um, as usual, at 8virtues.com, if you're interest, interested in Linux-based uh, PCs, uh, you can find me on Facebook at 8virtues or Kevin Fishburne, on YouTube at VasCorpBetMoney. All right. And that, that's it. Uh, cool. And Golden Flame, how about you? Uh, you can find me on the Discord and on Facebook. You can find my projects at tapestryofages.com or at facebook.com slash darkunknowngame. Right. Got to make a note about that. And Gradia, where can we find you? You can find me on Facebook at Gradia or here on Discord. Awesome. And myself as well. Well, you can find me, I mean, I do frequent the Discord server, both the Spam 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 Humbug and the uh, Ultima Dragons one. But you can find me on Twitter at WTF underscore Dragon. I'm on Facebook as well. Uh, I've got an about.me splash page that uh, will tell you a little bit about me and links to a bunch of my other social media profiles. And of course, ultimacodex.com, where I post content as often as I possibly can, which you know, sometimes is daily and sometimes is not. And that is just how it goes. Well, thank you all for being here. And congratulations again to the organizers and planners and all the different people helping out with the 25th anniversary bash. I think I'm going to break the bank trying to get everything uh, lined up for... I did have one idea in mind for prizes. I just have to see if it's actually feasible. Um, but I'm going to have to ping Cran and see just how many of these I need to prepare and have sent out. But anyways, yes, congratulations to, to Cran and everyone else behind the bash, Golden Flame yourself included. And until next time, be virtuous. Be virtuous.